folks. Welcome to a podcast about Catholic themes. This is Eric, the Ambassador of Common Sense, and I'm here with... Dan, the Ambassador of Nonsense. Welcome, everyone. And today we're going to talk about a subject that most people have already talked about, but we've never actually addressed it, and that is uh, these pro-choice, pro-abortion candidates and and, uh, politicians receiving communion and being patted on the head by our pope and or bishop. Um, This is being prompted by the fact that uh, last week or the week before, Joe Biden had a visit with uh, Pope Francis. And I don't know, it, it was... It was either sad or embarrassing. It's or both. Yeah. The headline not... in my uh, Criterion uh, newspaper for Indianapolis says Biden says Pope told him to continue receiving communion. Now I haven't read the article, so I don't know what the take of the Criterion on it is. Uh, that's just the headline, and of course they have the you know picture of Biden and the Pope shaking hands and looking happy and everything. Um, of course. You know, part of the thing is, um, given Biden's mind, you can't trust what he says, uh, even if he's sincere. And given the Pope's um, apparent uh, non-interest in making sure records are set straight, uh, you know, for example, those interviews he keeps granting to, what's his name, Scalfari, you know, I, I don't even know what to make of of the story as it is. Yeah, um, it's possible Pope Francis never said a word to him about being Catholic or about, uh, or communion. communion. I mean, yeah, we would never know. Pope Francis wouldn't bother to correct it. And Biden may or may not be remembering things correctly. It seems like most of the, uh, discussion that they had needed, they needed a translator, uh, Jill Biden was there translating as Joe Biden was talking to him. Did you watch uh, any of the video? No, I did not. It was kind of it was kind of weird. Um the you know, they they do the handshakes and the pauses and then Joe Biden gives him the some kind of official gift from America. To be honest, as I was looking at what he was giving Pope Francis, I really couldn't tell exactly what it was. It huh. looked like some kind of piece of art, but um, oh, okay. I didn't look into what it was because I didn't really care. But, yeah. you know, they talked for a little while, and then it's. I assumed they had time behind closed doors. You know, we only saw what what was there yeah. being reported. You would imagine if the president visits the Pope and maybe there's some, some time that's not on the, you know, open to the right. press. Um, of course, then, then the, there was a, some kind of weird rumor that, uh, Biden had gone to the bathroom in his pants while he was there. Well, and he had okay, to change his I, suit before. I don't, I don't see anything that would give evidence to that, but, and I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know how that rumor got started, but, it's kind of weird. Maybe um, just someone noticed he was wearing a different suit later the same day or but something. He, but he wasn't. Somebody oh, like okay. had a meme and pointed out, see, it's two different color suits. One's black, one's blue. But it was just 
it was a it matter was really of the light just, shining and it, oh, okay. you know that's yeah that 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 was just stupid yeah. stuff so but but they presented each other with the official gifts and then okay uh Joe Biden says uh I I want to give you a coin and he said that it's customary for presidents to give uh other great leaders a US coin I I don't know if that's it, true I've never heard of that Oh huh, I've never heard of that either but he said with your permission I want to give you this coin he said he it would commonly be given to other warriors or leaders and he said Pope Francis was the most significant warrior for peace that he'd ever met <laughs> and he it was kind of dumb he says <laughs> I'm going to give you this coin and it's from the state of Delaware which um my son would have wanted me to give to you because of uh some I, something to do with Delaware. I, I maybe the the uh, unit he was with in the military was attached to Delaware. Maybe I don't know. Maybe yeah. But it, you couldn't hear it real well. But and then he says, uh, "The next time we meet, you better have that coin, or else you're buying the drinks." He's trying to make these jokes, and they're not they're not landing real well. They just sound stupid. Uh-huh. And then he says. I'm probably the only Irishman you've ever met who's never had a drink. I don't know if he meant that as a joke or if he was trying to claim that he's never drank or if he it was just a I don't know. It was a dumb joke if it was, but So is it is was it just a like a like a Delaware coin of currency or was it a special coin? Cause, I cause imagine I, I was it was some kind of special talking. coin. I keep coming up with this thing called challenge coins which are like given to like indicate membership in some organization or something like that, especially military type. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It, it was a special coin. I, I think. Okay. It, it must be a challenge coin then. I bet that's, that's what it was, but he didn't have a, it wasn't like encased in anything. He was holding right. just a coin, you know, he's got it mm-hmm. touching it with his fingers. And uh, generally yeah. if, it, if it was some kind of collector's item, you wouldn't touch it. Or of course maybe maybe it was collector's encased. item. Like it, it wouldn't be something like these the the impression I get from reading about these like challenge coins. It's not that yeah. it's not that that uh that it's a collector thing like it you know, accumulates uh special value and so you've gotta keep it preserved for mint condition. It's more I like see. the kind of thing that once you have it, you might go find a, a, a little display stand to set it up on your mantle or I something sh- like that. Okay. Um, and then, as the Pope's leaving, uh, Biden catches him again, and uh, Jill has to come back and start translating for him again. And he starts talking about this African-American who played basketball at the age of 47, and he couldn't play basketball f- before that because he was black. But final, no, I'm not. I'm sorry, not basketball, baseball. Oh. He had to wait until they let oh. black people play baseball. So he pitched at the age of 47, and then he said that uh, they were asking him. the The news people were asking him about how he felt about the fact that he had pitched a game when he was that old, and 
Biden's telling this story, and the Pope honestly just kind of looked bored. And he's <laughs> looked like he's trying to maintain interest, but it's just coming off as babbling. And then the ba- the baseball I'd be player said, "Looking pretty bored too." Yeah, uh, <laughs> boys, that's not how I look at age. And then Biden said that the baseball player said, "How old would you be if you knew how old you were?" And then he started laughing at that. And again, the Pope kind of had to look like Is he was giving a kind of a fake kind laugh. Of poorly was, landed joke. Yeah, I think. I mean, it was just it was dumb. I kind of don't it was, get it. <laughs> it's like this this old man. I don't even know what the hell he's talking about. Biden and Biden babbles at the Pope. Yeah, and you could tell by then. See, they were not expecting this, so he's not on script at this point. You know, he's just yeah. talking, and it's yeah. like everybody's like, "Oh man, come on, we got to get him out of here." <laughs> but anyway, and then and then it was over, and then he comes out, and and people are asking him questions if they talked about abortion. So no, the subject didn't come up. Uh, the Pope just said that he was happy that I was a good Catholic, and. I could keep receiving communion. That's that's what it ends up being. And it's like, you know, as Catholics, I mean, we're told that if you uh, receive communion and you're in a state of sin, then it becomes sacrilege. It, yeah, it's a separate, it's a separate sin. It's sacrilege and... Uh, which is worse it than most sins. Counts, counts to your, yeah, it counts to your perdition. <laughs> um, now, uh, Thomas Aquinas says something to the effect that when, when you receive Christ in the Eucharist, you are making a, a public claim to be united with Christ and with all the saints. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're claiming that to the church and to God. Now, if you receive the Eucharist in a state of mortal sin, you are lying to Christ, and that is the sacrilege. Because you're not united to Christ. You can't be if you're in a state of mortal sin. Yeah. Um, Thomas Aquinas also uh, says... Now, actually, he's quoting St. Augustine. He says, all the fat ones of the earth have eaten and have adored. So let not the dispenser hinder the fat ones of the earth, i.e. sinners, from eating at the table of the Lord. Um, so he's talking about priests denying people the Eucharist. And he's saying, you don't let the dispenser, the, the priest handing out the Eucharist, uh, deny them from eating at the table of the Lord. So there is that. However, he also says that this is in concerning with private sins or secret sins. Right, not not manifest grave sin. Yeah. So if if the priest, you know, catches maybe the secretary and the 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 uh janitor in a bad position and knows about it, and then the next day they come up to take communion. He's not allowed to say, "Hey, wait a minute, you guys were doing yeah something wrong." He, I, he can't do that. He needs to presume that they went and found a priest somewhere to hear their confession, or even if he knows that they didn't. Oh yeah, yeah. He can't make manifest that which he knows that isn't um, otherwise. Actually, I mean, 
I, I, he kind of even calls it a mortal sin for him to deny them. And he even addresses the, the idea that, you know, maybe the priest knowing that this guy's going to come up for communion would, uh, not consecrate one of the hosts and then give that to him when he goes to communion. Uh, that would also be a sin. Oh, right. Yeah. He's, he's not supposed to keep someone from committing that sin because it's, it's a, kind of a sin between them and God. But mm-hmm. public sins on the other hand deserve some kind of public, you know, sign that no this you can't do this. Especially you know right. in situations like uh marriage and and divorce and then remarriage. That's a public sin. That you're yeah, you're letting everyone know thing. that I'm in a state of sin. Now is is that Biden's real wife? Oh, you know what? I, I... I have no idea. It never even occurred to me to wonder. I, I think I don't think that's. Uh, I don't. He's been divorced and remarried. That's not his real wife. Okay. I think. Hold on. Wives. Oh no, no. I'm sorry. She's um, uh, first wife. She's deceased. Okay. Well, you'd think that uh, would have been brought up if, if uh, you know. Yeah. Aside from his political. Um, sins. Yeah. I, I don't know why I thought that. I knew that he had another marriage, but I don't know why I thought that it had ended in divorce. It didn't. Uh, she died and he oh, okay. remarried Jill and that is his real wife. Okay. Well, but there's that at least. Joe Biden is a supporter of abortion. That's a, that's a pretty serious thing. Yeah. I mean, that's excommunication yeah. you, in some cases. You can't support abortion uh, either as an individual incident or publicly through um, supporting laws that keep it legal uh, or make it more available um, without sinning, without sinning uh Gravely, and as you said, in some cases it would even be uh, to the extent that it's it's tantamount to procuring an abortion. It would even be a uh, automatic excommunication. Okay. <clears throat> well, are you still are you oh, okay? You're still getting coffee. <laughs> well, you know, you mentioned before about the you know you know how receiving communion unworthily is a sacrilege. This goes all the way back. This is biblical. Uh, St. Paul says in, in 1 Corinthians, whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of profaning the body and blood of the Lord. So we have that from the very beginning. Um, we yeah, have it's not other... like just something that developed in the church. It was It's always been this way. Yeah. And it's... Here's the thing. It's not... It's not even like this is abortion is such a big deal. You know, it's 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 not like yeah. it's it's a sin, you know, like there's a lot of sins. It's not like sex or it's it's not even like it's not even like murder. It's it's more than murder. It's it's infanticide. I mean, it's it's the murder of innocent, completely helpless human beings. And 
Joe Biden, now, you know, there's, there's an argument over whether or not he actually has any power, but he stands in an office that has probably more power than anyone on the planet. And he's in a better position to stop abortion than anyone on a planet, in the planet. And he encourages it instead. This is a public thing. It's not like this is his own feelings. This is, this is who he is. This is what he is. How could... Yeah, and he's made it clear that, that he's not acting in, in some kind of weakness or uncooperatively. He's made it clear yeah. that, that he wants this. Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, politicians who are in that position, who are Catholic and are supporting abortion, have come out with this this play in language where they say, well, you know, personally I'm against it, but um, I'm not going to interfere with a woman's right or whatever. I don't think he even does that. No. No. He, as as he far does, as I know, he, he's, he's all for abortion. He's he. There's somewhere I read um, that he um, claims that he's a what he says is that he's a good catholic um but that abortion is a private matter and therefore doesn't really count it seems to be his argument so i practice my faith he doesn't he doesn't actually ever say i i i, I don't read any quotes from him that say i personally think abortion is a horrible wrong sinful act i yeah. He just says, I practice my faith. And then he says, but I've never let my religious beliefs impose that view on other people, which is stupid. Wow. Yeah. Because, I mean, you know, that's... <laughs> if if a religion is not for everybody, then it doesn't count as a religion. Yeah. I don't... So, you know, the and this is just after the... The U.S. bishops had had this conference and they sat around and talked about whether or not they should refuse someone communion. The Pope comes out and says uh, he he loves to tout the fact that he's never denied anyone communion. So, I mean, I, I don't know how he gets around the words of St. Paul. Does yeah, he ever well, even okay, address so, that? You know, it's like... The, <laughs> yeah. St. Paul didn't right. matter. Pope Francis, you're no St. Ambrose. You know, St. Ambrose was the one who, who uh, denied communion to the Emperor Theodosius. Yeah. He's uh, he's no St. Francis, I'll tell you what. <laughs> you know, he's not even a St. Francis. <laughs> yeah. I shouldn't say um, not even. No, he's. I, I, I say not even because he picked that as his name. Uh, not yeah. because St. Francis is a, a lesser saint by any means. Right. Um, and, the, and the problem is that it's not just the Pope. It, it's it's all these bishops, too. And look, if you're... I, we have this problem in the church right now. And it it's getting more and more frustrating for Catholics. And it's... You know, I kept thinking about this because as a Catholic, you kind of... I guess there's some anger developing... Um, it's like, God, why don't you do something about this? Cause it's not like we can do anything. We can't change any of this. All, all this garbage going on in the church, these bishops and these popes 
who are supporting just out and out terrible things and condemning things that there's nothing wrong with. You know, things yeah, like that's capitalism. Even more and, frustrating. Yeah. Um, and I hear more and more people saying, well, you know, maybe, maybe the answer is the, one of the trad churches like SSPX. I hear some people talking about the, uh, one of the Orthodox churches, but I, I don't think that the people who do those things really believe that that's what they should be doing. I, I think it kind of develops in their own minds as a challenge to, or, or kind of a, a, an answer to God, not an answer to anyone else. An answer to God saying, look, if you're not going to clean this up, I have no oh, reason to be in mean. your church. Yeah. So, yeah. which obviously is the, if wrong you don't answer. clean this up, I'm leaving, you know? And I, I, I really think that that's, What's behind a lot of the people who are leaving the church because of their right-leaning um, beliefs? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, and you I, know, that's a good point. Because everybody right knows all the arguments for staying in the church. It, it's, it's not like somebody, especially a right-leaning person, who's going to be more knowledgeable um, mm-hmm. and more conscientious it's it's not like they don't have access to that knowledge and to that reasoning um to that understanding and so yeah kind of stepping out is kind of like uh it it very well could be something along the lines of well okay i i you kind of drawing a line in the sand for god well okay god i'm not willing to cross this line so if you don't somehow bring your church to me i'm gonna go somewhere else um yeah i i do remember at one time in my life it was i was kind of uh i was having a little bit of a crisis of faith over something i was angry at god and it it did occur to me well i'll i'll uh i'll stop being christian Mm -hmm. of course i wasn't going to join another church to me it's 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 all or nothing (laughs) but yeah yeah um (laughs) I'm going to kind of try to pretend to be something else and be better than the Catholic. It was like, look, if, if this is how it is, I, I don't want to follow you anymore. And so that's kind of how it lined up in my brain. Of course, I never went through with that. You know, you get angry and you think Ooh, weird yeah. things. And then the next day you're like, well, that was just a yeah, stupid, stupid way to think of this. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that did happen to me once. And, I I sincerely think that's what's going through a lot of these people's heads. I I don't think they honestly believe they're going to get be better off, especially going to like the Orthodox Church. Those people have have already stopped being Catholic. They might they might seem to be more conservative, but their conservative leading is a lot of it's more political than religious. Oh, if it was yeah. religious, they'd still be Catholic. But a lot of them have already accepted contraception and things like that. If I understand it right, the the Greek Orthodox allows contraception in certain cases. In so, yeah, I've, I've heard that too. And I, you know, you start slipping down that slope, and it, it eventually you're to abortion, and well. 
anyway. You know, yeah, I mean, you're right. It's 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 a problem, um, and it's difficult. And part of the, uh, it's not a, it's not a satisfying answer. But part of the thing that I always keep in mind is that God doesn't owe me a solution in my lifetime, or even in my grandchildren's lifetime. Um, you know, the Bible is full of references to how you know a thousand years are a day come and gone to the Lord. He works right. in his own time. Um, so that, that yeah, I mean, it, it could very well be that, that some of these uh, horrors that we're suffering through right now, and I, when I say suffering, I don't mean us physically, but, but suffering having to observe the disrespect yeah. and, uh, you know, to the Holy Eucharist and, and so on and so forth. Um, we may be in, the, in for the long haul on those. Yeah. You know, it's it's such a weird I don't know how to explain it. It's like the Pope has it, it's like everything that we hold dear, he uh either criticizes or in some way disparages. Yeah, and it's like it is painful to watch this because he is technically our leader and it's as if you have a father who uh, everybody in the family is giving respect to and he goes out and just badmouths everyone in the family all the time. That's kind of... Yeah. I, I don't yeah. know. It, it's, that's how it's it feels. It's a lot like that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, the, the tra- traditionalists that he is so quick to criticize are the most loyal Catholics. And they always mm-hmm. have been. And I guess when that loyalty has been abused, uh, people get to a point where, um, you know, anyway, I guess we were going to talk about politicians receiving communion. And I guess there's not a whole lot to say on it. But we keep going off into this because it keeps happening. They keep doing it. And there's no bishops who have the backbone to say no. Yeah, not just politicians receiving communion, but politicians being granted access to communion. Right. This and is like our the, the the we don't we don't have a right to communion. We are admitted to communion, and, and this is even built into the canon law. Um, for example, I, I, I'm you know just reading the part participation in the most holy eucharist now it starts out any baptized person not prohibited by law can and must be admitted to holy communion but it's still be admitted to that it so they don't yeah just have a right to it the priest admits them to it or the bishop admits them to it but in canon 914 it's talking about um children and when they're ready and so forth it says it is for the pastor to exercise vigilance so that children who have not attained the use of reason or whom he judges are not sufficiently disposed do not approach Holy Communion. The pastor is supposed to keep kids who aren't disposed rightly from uh, receiving communion. And then 915, which is kind of the, the clincher canon for you know these, these politicians who are supporting abortion and, and other things like that. Those who have been excommunicated or interdicted after the imposition or declaration of the penalty and 
others obstinately persevering in manifest grave sin are not to be admitted. It doesn't say that they're supposed to keep themselves out. It doesn't say that they're supposed to look inside their consciences and decide for themselves that they shouldn't approach it. It says they're not to be admitted. It's putting the burden on the priest and the bishops to refuse admittance to Holy Communion for those who are in manifest grave sin. Manifest means public, and persevering means that it's not an act that might have been a lapse of judgment or something, and now you're recovered and you're back on even keel. So, I mean, this is exactly describing Joe Biden. He's persevering yeah, this is pretty strong in language. a manifest public sinful support for abortion. He, according to canon law, should not be admitted to Holy Communion, which means that every priest and every bishop who gives him Holy Communion is guilty of violating canon law. They are taking part in his... uh, His... uh, Can't think of the word all of a sudden. They are taking part in his sacrilege. They are a part of the sacrilege by giving him right. communion. Um, and that's just in canon law. On top of all of yeah. that, you know, the Eucharist is, that's our worship. That's how we worship. And it's how we receive strength. Mm-hmm. It's, it's our whole, our whole faith is tied up in that host. And to be so flippant about it, to just hand it out to anyone. You know, what, what does it say to young Catholics? We're trying to it convince Catholics that this is. <laughs> how this important this is. And it's like, well, you're giving it to everyone. We got this, the gay mayor of Chicago. I don't think she's even Catholic. <laughs> attended a funeral and the bishop gave her communion. Yeah. Uh, that was uh, Supich, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's a shame. We've talked about him a couple times. Yeah, it's it's frustrating because you know at one time there was now now we found out later you know say during the fifties we found out later that there was a lot of bad stuff going on, but right already in play. There was a public show of reverence. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's true. When you wanted to raise your kid Catholic, a good Catholic, there was cultural pressure to be a good Catholic. Mm -hmm. You know, if you were in the Catholic church, if you were part of a parish, there was pressure on you to be good, behave, uh, support things that are good, and uh, protest things that are bad. It was a scandal if you didn't. Right. And, And now it's not. And... Is it any wonder that we're having all the problems we're having, which the Pope seems completely oblivious to? It's almost as if he doesn't even consider it a problem that nobody's a faithful Catholic. Yeah. I I have to believe that what he really is 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 a, what's it called, a universalist, believes everybody's going to heaven, there's nobody in hell anyway, and so why bother? And so his he he almost seems to see his role as uh, or the Catholic Church's role as to simply proclaim that news 
and nothing else. Not call people to change, not call people to uh, repent of sins, not call people to even recognize sins. Yeah, and if we're all going uh, to other, heaven, other than then what's the, the point sin, of proclaiming that? The, the the only sin that that seems to uh, count with him would be the sin of claiming that somebody else might not be saved. Mm-hmm. That maybe somebody else should be denied Holy Communion, or they well, may he, be, you know, leaping condemnation on themselves. He hates he, uh, he formality, and he says he hates conformity, but he seems to conform with mm, the libs yeah, real well. Yeah, and he he's a despises no people who who uh, who don't conform. Um, you know, so as we're as this is happening. And as the whole world is seeing this and, and Biden being told, yeah, go ahead. You're a good Catholic. Go ahead and take communion. Um, this synod on synodality is starting. And, you know, if you go to the web, the Vatican's website, they have a, uh, they have a playlist, a YouTube playlist concerning the synod, oh. which right now there's only like one. I think the only thing on there is, um, the opening mass for the synod where Pope Francis, uh, does his little, he, he has the homily in there. Mm-hmm. And I, I watched the homily. Um, you know, it, it's like everything. It, it, there's, there's nothing really substantial there. It's just empty talk, but yeah, some of it kind of gives you a window of what we're going to see coming out of this synod because, um, I guess the gospel was when the man stops Jesus on the road and says, what do I have to do uh, mm-hmm. for life? And, and Jesus says, ends up telling him, you know, sell everything you have and follow me. Um, but he, he keeps talking. He, Pope Francis made a, a big deal about encounter, listen, and discern. So he says we have to encounter people. Because Jesus encountered people. Jesus encountered people nonstop. Um, mm. He says, uh, we got to take time to listen to our brothers and sisters uh, and not uh, take refuge in formality or conformity. I don't know exactly what he means by that, but I guess don't be formal, but I don't know. Yeah. I mean, if... if <laughs> As we pointed out last week, is there really that much? There's formalism in in making decisions for the church, but when it comes to encounters with priests, I you know yeah, most people could call especially. their local parish and oh, and right. get a get an audience. Now with mm-hmm. the bishop, you know he's only got harder. so much time, but right. uh, people could, unless of course you're. Uh, traditional then well then yeah, you don't get that encounter that's what we pointed out um, the other way. it's all about encounter unless you're the wrong kind of person but yeah. you know this this all of this this goofiness is it it's a way to set it up so that if you if your encounter with somebody is a little bit wrong for example if uh if you if in your encounter um you point out that their lifestyle uh doesn't conform with the gospel well yeah then you're being too formal for example 
I, I mean, these things are just set up as ways to undermine the real work of Christians, the real Great Commission, which is to teach all nations to observe Christ's commands. Yeah, yeah, it's... To make disciples. It's so backwards, and again, it's frustrating because because there's so much good in the church. You can find so much knowledge in the church, and it's it's like this giant chest of gold that anybody can go and get at any time and yet we have this uh the the church leaders convincing people that there is no gold Mm -hmm. or that you know this this stuff over here this lead is really gold and the real gold is you don't need that it's like it's it's so much it's counter logical and it's um i don't know it's a shame but that's where we're at. If you are, if you have decisions to make that make abortion more available and you don't make abortion less available, you're an excommunicate. Well, that's, you're not Catholic. You're at least sinning. There, they, they, huh? there's, you're at least sinning. There, there's some, yeah. there's some, um, are, there's some argumentation well, to be had the about the say? exact level uh, regarding excommunication. Mm-hmm. The, the, I think the excommunication refers specifically to procuring. Okay. So there's, so there's some argument to be made about whether that means in a particular instance or any sense of making it easier for somebody in a broader sense to uh, to obtain an abortion. If you know, like you, I said, there's... Uh, allow money to go and pay for an abortion, then each one of those abortions that that money contributes to isn't that procuring abortions. Now that's where, yeah, that's what I would say. I'd say, okay, if you're if you're voting to allow federal funds to go towards abortions, then you're guilty of those abortions that federal funds help and. That for a Catholic would be count as procuring. That for a Catholic politician would be an yeah. excommunication, or a Catholic president who signs such a bill into law. Right. So uh, on the what? That's that's the number one reason that they should be denied communion because they've uh, publicly excommunicated themselves. But mm-hmm. even without that, they've at least publicly sinned. And yeah are in a state of sin. They they refuse to accept the teachings of the church. And in that case, they're publicly saying, I, I'm not at one with the church. I'm not in union. I'm cut off from Christ. But uh, that's not going to happen. They're not going to be denied. And, and again, the as... the church is going to keep piling um, disgrace upon disgrace upon itself yeah yeah it's Until not like it's just going to stop here to, this is to change things you know it... god is the one who reforms the church and the church has in, been in bad states before i don't know if it's ever been this bad because i'm not a uh historian <laughs> yeah i'm not a historian i just know that it seems pretty dang bad yeah. but the thing is we had no idea how bad it was 
15, 20 years ago. I remember thinking that we're like, we're in a boring state in the church. Uh, like right before Pope John Paul II died, I thought, you know, we, we've got a pretty good Pope. Uh, it just seems like there's not a lot of turmoil. And I remember mom, uh, you know, she harped on us as kids. You need to be ready for martyrdom. And I thought, I don't know. I just, yeah, that didn't seem you to know, it's, fit with the times. Right. Of course, now we know that it really did fit with the times. We just, you couldn't see it. It wasn't on the surface. Yeah. And we didn't know, we didn't know the church was in as much trouble as we do now. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, there was a lot of stuff going on and it was really bad. And and now it's like kind of out in the open, and they don't even consider it bad. But that's that's where we are, and the, our only choice is to just hang in there, keep praying, and uh, hope that God will clean this up eventually. Yeah, and and teach your children. Do your best to to teach your children what's right. Teach them to discern right. and and to be loyal to the church, even while. Uh, not giving in to the uh, the sinfulness of the bishops and priests. Yeah, actually, you know what? The the uh, reading this Sunday was about the uh, about the farmer who who's put down good seeds, and an enemy comes and plants weeds, and yeah, he says that. First, the grain comes up, then the weeds come up. Uh, they're like, okay, should we go get the weeds? No, don't get the weeds. Let them grow together. And he actually, he, he mentions that the, the weeds had, the, the seeds had come up and bore fruit. And then there's, there's fruit coming from the, uh, the good seeds amongst this weeds. And he says, don't, don't pick it up yet because we don't want the, we don't want the, I think it's wheat that they had planted. We don't want the wheat getting caught up with all the weeds and being torn out. And right. I think the point there is that the wheat is not ready for harvest because it's still producing fruit. Right. Right. And if you tear it up earlier, it can't, you won't it get, can't produce it, fruit. It's good. You you'll get just yield. get, right. maybe you'll get good wheat but the fruit won't be there and so we're all kind of stuck here with with these people who claim to be our leaders and their their weeds some of them i don't <laughs> yeah. there's nothing wrong with saying this there's, some of them are weeds and it's you know you you want god to do something about this but there are still people in the church, if you go, if you go to the traditional Latin mass, you'll see it. You'll see these families, you know, of guys can't be more than 25 with like three or four little kids, mm-hmm. uh, raising yeah, their kids the, in the, the church. This are... is the fruit. Yeah. These guys are the wheat and you can see all their little fruits running around making noises and screaming. <laughs> That's, right. That's their yield. <laughs> But this is fruit, and and we're going to need it, and those fruits are going to make more fruits. So that that's why God hasn't cleaned it up yet. Doesn't make a whole lot of sense right now, but I 
I think someday it will. I think historically it'll make sense. Right, right. Maybe we'll never see that. But as as you've said quite a few times, God writes with history. And that's I think true. that's what's going on now. And history I, takes time. Yeah, it, it takes time. And in America, in the 21st century, uh, we would rather it not take time. We want everything right now. Yeah, that's we, we, we've lost our sense of time. But yeah, God yeah, writes with is. history, and, and you can't write a chapter in one sentence. So you just got to be patient yeah. and let it, let it happen. Okay. Uh, I don't have. Oh, too by the much way, there's one on more. That. This is weird because while we were looking at canon law, I came across this. This is interesting. Okay. Yeah. So a person who is in conscious, who is conscious of grave sin. Okay, so you know where this is going. They're not supposed to present themselves for communion. But here's here's what it says: a person who is conscious of grave grave sin is not to celebrate mass or receive the body of the Lord. So, do you think this is, is this like applying to two different cases? Like, if you're a priest, you shouldn't celebrate mass, or is it saying that if you know you're in grave sin, you're not even supposed to go to mass? I I do That's not weird. think. I think that is for priests. I do not it think must be because we're not celebrating. Well, but it never none of they've the muddled of the language canon, so much. Yeah. None of the rest of that canon is um, is what you would think is directed specifically at a priest. Just that one reference to celebrating Mass. It, it's yeah. just kind of weird. I, I just wanted to throw it out there. It's something to cogitate on, I guess. Um, maybe somebody's addressed that at some point. I but I just, it caught my eye. It's weird. Understand that if you are in a state of mortal sin, it is yet another sin to miss mass right so you're not supposed to so it must be that they're talking about the priest so priests are not allowed to celebrate mass if they're in a state of mortal sin but if they're the only priest around then that here so it says unless uh without previous sacramental confession unless there is a grave reason and there is no opportunity to confess in this case Remember the obligation to make an act of perfect contrition, which includes the resolution of confessing as soon as possible. So that I think yeah. is what would apply to a priest if he like right. he's the only one, and if he has a associate passer, and you know, let's say he he uh, purposely hit the sauce last night, and okay, now he's got to confess, you know, too hard. Now he's got to confess that. Mm-hmm. Well, instead of asking his associate pastor to say mass for him he would just say i need you to hear my confession real quick yeah but that would be the only i mean they always they always pull this out it's like in in emergencies then this is what you do but it's not an emergency to receive the eucharist as far as i know ever not for a there's no grave reason to receive Right. It is the for the priest if that's the scheduled mass time, and he's he has to consume the host during the mass. That's part of the mass. So, right. to me, that emergency, the, on, the only other thing I could think is if you're in one of those kind of like uh, threat of death situations, um, you know, you're on the Titanic. People say and, that. And there's a why, priest who's, why going, who's saying important? a mass. 
and this is your opportunity to to receive communion before you die or something like that. I don't I don't know that. You're, okay, you're right, but why do you it's, you it's don't have to? It's not necessarily important. Even if you didn't receive communion, let's say you're not in a state of mortal sin, you don't receive communion, you still go to heaven. Yeah. So I would I would say that that the um the grave reason could only possibly apply to a priest. That's how I've always thought of it because and, and I, I mean they like in the back of the missalettes they they go over that you know uh mm-hmm. and i always thought why why are they telling us this there's no grave re- we're at mass it, they have it yeah. every sunday at least most places every day there's no grave reason to, for me to take communion and there couldn't be even if i was about to die yeah that's true so okay anyway <clears throat> okay now i'm done all right Let's let's see if we got some news here. You know, I so I know a lot of news happened, but I only go the past week. And in the past week there's not a whole lot going on. Um Okay. But I guess in the United Kingdom there's kind of an energy crisis. Uh six more private energy providers collapse in the United Kingdom uh with the along with these natural gas prices shooting upward. Um, now it says affecting 41,000 customers. I don't know what that means, affecting. They just go to another energy company, I would think. Uh, maybe, unless but, that company I mean, I don't think they would just the lose. Yeah. For delivering it and stuff. But I don't think 41,000 people lost energy yet. I don't know. Yeah, could, yeah affecting might be that... 41,000 people are in limbo as to who they're going to be receiving their energy from. It's like, they, yeah. they don't know who they're going to write their bill to, their uh, checks to next month. That could, that could be what they mean by affecting. Yeah. Okay. The United States urges its citizens to leave Ethiopia, Ethiopia as soon as possible as rebels advance on the capital, Addis Ababa. Okay. One day later, uh, U.S. government orders its embassy in uh, Addis Ababa to evacuate non-emergency Sir. personnel due mm-hmm. to armed conflict, civil unrest, and potential supply shortages. So, and, and that keeps building in Ethiopia. I don't know. You know, a lot of those uh, African uh, territories are under constant civil war. It, it's almost as bad as the, the eastern, the Mideast, you know. Yeah. It's not stable. And it's a shame because a lot of these huge territories uh, could be could be every bit as productive as the United States. Mm-hmm. And prosperous. Yeah. And it's actually that way in a lot of places in the world. All through uh, South America, Africa. Right. Even Russia. I mean, it could only happen under conditions of freedom, which is how it happened in yeah. the United States. But it, yeah, there's no reason that they can't also achieve it's, the kind of prosperity that we've seen. It's so odd that the the one country that had climbed to power so fast without conquering other nations um, isn't the model for everyone. <laughs> yeah, it it's so think, weird that people don't see. Right. Hey. Let's do what they Let's did. Let's do what they did. Mm-hmm. Uh, eight people are dead and hundreds more are injured during a stampede 
uh, at Astro World Music Festival in Houston, Texas. So this must be a people stampede. Yeah. So uh, it's an annual music festival run by Travis Scott, a an American rapper, and that must uh, be why Six I saw it. you know Astro World. Like in your browser, like Firefox or whatever, you open up before you even type in anything like a page to go to or anything like that, and it comes up with yeah. these like news stories that it think you thinks you might be interested in. And I saw one; it was like tips for what to do in a, a crowd rush or something like that. That must be why that was there. Huh. Okay. I didn't read it, so I don't know what to do. Oh, you don't know what to do in a crowd rush. I have no idea what to do in a crowd rush, except for... I try to the avoid flow, them, I guess. because I try to avoid yeah, crowds. Yeah, I hate clouds. Yeah, I can't stand crowds. I, I hate being in a crowd. <laughs> uh, so, Poland reports outbreaks of the H5N8 bird flu. Uh, some at chicken farms at turkey farms uh, four of the outbreaks occurring in the eastern part of the country and then there's another outbreak reported uh, in England uh, doesn't say how many different farms were affected okay so this is H5N8 we've talked about this I, one too yeah H5N8 no I th- it was another one I think uh, I bet we've talked about H5N8 maybe but is this but one bad it, enough that, that they're doing things like, okay, we've got to set up ciders and, and shoot down birds that are leaving the area, stuff like that? Nobody's talking about that yet. watching it? Okay. And they're, they're calling out the birds, but they, it doesn't seem like they're calling out the whole, uh, you know, population, the yeah. whole farm. It's like the farm's still there. There's still birds there. They've just yeah. gotten rid of the sick ones. Hold on. H5N8. I finally added a search button on our, uh, oh yeah, okay. So, yeah, we do have, that. that is the one we've been talking about. So that's still spreading, because that started okay. back in, uh, well, like Germany had 14,000 turkeys called. Oh, wow. Um, so, and it started, where else? It started in Asia, Japan, and other Asian countries. Okay. Um, All right. The WHO and UNICEF launch a four-day polio vaccination campaign in Afghanistan. They are being backed by the Taliban, and they're trying to address 3.3 million children who have not been vaccinated uh, against polio. I wonder how. Is this a concern because they've seen some cases of polio, or just a general? Yeah, I don't know. Hey, we found a. Because, I mean, I know that polio hasn't been completely eradicated like smallpox, but I didn't right. think it was common to see it anymore. See, I hear, um, I've heard the accusation that the polio scare in America was kind of trumped up. That it was getting to be a little bit of a problem, but not that big of a problem. You mean back to the point the where they had to vaccinate everyone in America. Yeah, back in the what was it, 50s. Um, But then again, I've heard, you know, I've heard stories, I've heard documentaries and stories from, you know, these old people talking about first their sister had it, and then uh, by the end of the week two more of their brothers or sisters had it. You know, three people in one household in one month and how they would all three end up on the uh, the iron lung 
Mm-hmm. So, okay. I don't know. I don't know if it's a big deal. I I know that it exists, but I guess uh, they're going to go out and vaccinate everyone. All right. Well, we're over here trying to vaccinate against the cold, but <laughs> yeah, the, the rest of the world is vaccinating against polio. Um, human rights organizations urge a Singapore urge Singapore to cancel the execution of a. 33-year-old, it says mentally impaired. I don't know if that just means that if he's, like, retarded or if he's just hmm. kind of stupid, uh, who was uh, convicted because he was caught with 42.72 grams of heroin. Wait a minute. He's so they're going to put, he's, he's going to be put to death. For heroin? For, I guess, dealing like heroin. Like, intent to distribute or whatever? I mean, that, that's yeah. a serious crime. He's supposed to hang. Yeah. But I, would, I guess I thought, they're pretty I mean, serious about heroin in that nation. It's not like horse thievery or anything. Right. Wow. All right. Well, okay. Uh, <laughs> Don't deal heroin, Don't in deal Singapore. heroin in Singapore. Even if you're retarded, they will put you to death. Um, so during the COP26 conference, this is United Nations Climate Change Conference. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's 26 because uh, there's, I guess, 26 nations taking part. Um, okay. The U.S. envoy and the uh, Chinese envoy announced that the United States and China have reached an agreement to combat climate change. So... <laughs> what does that mean? I don't... <laughs> it means we're going to give them money while they continue to do all the things do whatever they they're pretend do. Yeah. are bad for you. Yeah, it's... Man, Chinese people are like, man, these people are jokers. Yeah, yeah, climate wonder, change, climate change. See how much money they give us? Say it some more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, I just... I see stories like this, and I... I the... John Kerry's our guy, and mm-hmm. I, I wonder, is this... Per- we go back to that question. Is this guy just stupid, or is he evil? Because it has to be one of those two. Right. It can't be both. Or I guess it could, it could be, be both. both. But it can't it, be neither. But it's got to be one or the other, at least. <laughs> right. And, you know, oh well. That's all the news I got. Okay. Well, there is a little bit of nonsense going on in the world. Uh... For one, in Georgia, you, did you ever have you ever done that that elf on a shelf thing with your kids? No, you, you, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I do because of you. You've told you've told me about it, and I yeah, I've never I oh, have yeah, never seen last it year, or anything. Yeah, <laughs> last year we did the one where people were putting them in obscene or right weird situations. Okay, the, the yeah. elves they do. They're kind of, like they're like creepy elves. I don't know. There's something really creepy about these these elves. Anyway, yeah. A, uh, a uh, judge in Marietta, Georgia, um, post posted a mock order on Twitter, Twitter banning the elves. Says it's a Christmas present to parents. <laughs> banning the elves. Yeah, I mean it's a it's it's a joke. It's a mock thing, but yeah. As a Christmas present to parents, okay, you don't have to do this anymore. I'm banning the elves for you. Okay. Well, 
I, I still don't understand the Elf on a Shelf thing. I, I just don't get it. It seems so stupid to me. It is. It does seem stupid. It is stupid. It's dumb. I've never understood it. I've never done it. I, it's just like a game with your kids. Hey, the Elf might show up anywhere. He's watching you. You better behave. And that's all it is. Okay. Well, I mean, that's what Santa Claus was, so... I know, it's like, well, see, his elf elf is is here watching you, because he sends his elves out to do it, yeah, his helpers or whatever. Of course, you know, with us growing up, okay, yeah, Santa Claus, whatever, but God's watching us all the time anyway, so, you know, know, (laughs) I don't care about Santa Claus. (laughs) When I was, I, I don't remember what age I was, but I was old enough to remember it, and I was old enough to not not really believe in Santa Claus anymore. And um, my friend up the street told me about how they got up on Christmas morning and there were boot prints going across the rug. And they searched every boot in the house and couldn't find one that matched it. And there were a couple other little things to indicate that someone did come down their chimney and he was trying to convince me yes there really was a santa claus or is and it it kind of creeped me out i don't know why like i i wasn't thinking along the lines of uh well maybe somebody broke into your house i was thinking along the lines of oh there really is a santa claus who comes down your chimney Mm -hmm. and i was i was more freaked out about it than anything else (laughs) some fat dude coming down our chimney i don't know watching me while i sleep and why are you watching all the kids and and just going into your home and putting stuff there i don't know okay all right this next one um wow i uh this is weird and and kind of scary in a way but um in a U.S. court in the Southern District of Ohio, uh, a judge has ruled that some hippos that I guess are kind of descended of some some hippos that that uh, Pablo Escobar brought in, and then he turned they were turned loose when he died. Well, now they're they're kind of becoming a problem, and so the um, hippopotamuses the local, hippopotamuses, yeah. So the the local jurisdiction was going to have them put down, and the um, Animal Legal Defense Fund got involved, filed an application on behalf of the of the hippos. Anyway, the long and short of it is that this court has ruled that these hippos are persons, legally speaking. Oh. So, but is I, you said this is in Ohio? It said. Unless Clear Ohio has Southern District of Ohio. Southern, Southern District of Ohio. U.S. District Court ruling for the Southern District of Ohio. Now, it might not be in Ohio because U.S. District Courts, the districts aren't confined to one state. Mm-hmm. So this, the Southern District of Ohio Court might include Ohio and Kentucky and Tennessee and, and parts of West Virginia. You know, I, I don't know what all. Yeah. But wait, okay, okay. First of all, hippos aren't uh, indigenous to South America, right? To South America? No, I. I wait a I minute. Don't know. Are these hippos in America? Yeah. Where they were, they were? They were brought in Ohio. Yeah. Well, maybe, maybe not. Hold on here. Let 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 me let me read this a little more. This carefully. is such a weird. 
because uh, it's Pablo so, Escobar. I thought okay. he was a South American. So he's think, a Colombian think, drug lord. Yeah, exactly. So I, so he imported four hippos. They were set free. Since then, they've increased their numbers to more than 80, and they're wreaking havoc. So what happened? Okay, here's what it is. Um, in July, uh, a lawsuit was filed in Colombia to try to save the hippos. But um, even though Colombia's laws allow lawsuits on behalf of animals or allow actions on behalf of animals, the, the Colombian legal system can't compel someone in the United States to produce documents supporting the case of the animals. And I guess that there's some, some uh, okay. testimony that they need from people in Ohio in order to bolster their case that the hippos shouldn't be put down. I so see. a judge in Ohio or a judge in the district court of Southern Ohio has ruled that it just initially just to establish their standing in court to request the test the, the compulsion of the testimony or whatever that the hippos are for legal purposes persons. We've got some really stupid judges, first of all. We've got some really bad judges. Second of all, um, can you imagine just, I mean, taking any ecosystem and inserting something, an animal that big and and dangerous? And, and just letting it run. And not yeah, trying well, to stop that? I mean, we've nuts. seen what happens when you bring in these uh, evasive species, like... like well, just plants, you know, honeysuckle. Yeah. I mean, it, it takes over everything. Can you, like, what if we went down to, you know, Red River Gorge and installed elephants? <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine the thrive. problems that would come from that? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just something like hippos, they, they, they should have put them all down, period. Yeah. And now they're wild, and it's like... So they're, what they're uh, trying to do is instead of dangerous. just instead of just putting them down outright, which I don't know why. I I, I guess there's I don't know the yeah. the there's people who think animals are people. Anyway, instead of just putting them down outright, um, they're sterilizing them so that they can live out the rest of their lives yeah. doing damage, but they can't make more hippos. That just people are just so stupid. Weird. Yep. Okay. So, um, normally when you think about a woman being harassed for what, by the police for what she wears, um, Mm -hmm. you know, you think of one thing. Well, in this case, uh, a woman in Florida was warned by the police not to wear a certain Halloween costume. Um, apparently there's a, um... A, a building, pro, like a condominium project that the woman opposes. And she okay. was thinking there's there's this sort of, I guess, annual Halloween um, block party, you know, in, in her that she's on or whatever. And so she yeah. was thinking of wearing this, a, a costume to like dressed up like a condominium or something like that to bring attention to the issue. Well, the police are telling her that if she does that, she's going to be arrested for protesting without a license or with not a, wow. without a permit. 
Um, so anyway, I don't think it's really going to go anywhere. She intends to wear the costume anyway, and a uh, constitutional law professor at uh, Nova Southeastern University um, said that the police. I was going to say, I can't imagine after ground. that. I can't imagine not wearing it. I know. Once I've exactly. been told that, I it's mean, like, it's like, really? oh, okay. I don't care what happens. <laughs> I'm wearing that thing. Yes. <laughs> you are going to arrest me. I'm not going to not wear it. Well, that's what she said. I, she said, I'm I'm going to wear it. I'm just not going to bring my kids because I don't want my 12-year-old to see me getting harassed by the police. Yeah. Okay. Good. So, I don't know. I, did, I just got that, <laughs> that streak of... Uh, Especially with such, something so, so stupid like that. Yeah, they, that's the thing. It's so dumb. It's like who, who gave that order? Yeah, you and know, I, I, was I it the it was cop? Just, was this? I think it was just a cop who himself. I don't know. Maybe he's invested in the condo project. Uh, yeah, or maybe he wants the condo project to happen for some reason. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I talk about like that. Uh, you know, these mini tyrants that we've been talking about, about police. I mean, that's just ridiculous. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Did I ever tell you about my daughter being involved in a writing group at school? No. Okay. So, uh, my daughter is in high school and she said, hey, I joined a writing group. I said, okay, cool. Good. And... Then she said, we're trying to come up with ideas for our project, whatever we're going to do. I said, you know what you should do? I said, you should all write short stories uh, and make them completely fictionalized, but have the teachers be the, the main characters. You oh, know, various yeah. teachers throughout the school. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they could be murder mysteries. They could be sci-fi, whatever. Right. <laughs> they could be love affairs. But all of them will have teachers as the main characters. No students, just teachers. And she thought that was a great idea. And she brought it up. And everybody Mm -hmm. thought it was a great idea. And I said, you know what you could do? Once you've, uh, you know, print on demand is so easy nowadays. Once you've got all your projects handed in, then you can sell it, you know, to raise money for the group or whatever. Hmm, yeah. And you could order a bunch and sell it in the hallway, or you could even sell it on Amazon as a Kindle version. Uh, it's easy to do this, and I'll show you how. And then she says that, you know, at first, even the other teachers were excited about it, but I guess somebody complained, and the vice principal or whoever came in and said, I don't think so, guys. It just sounds like a way to cause trouble. Cause trouble. Yeah. Or so maybe insult. Somebody might be insulted. I don't know. Oh. But, I mean, at that point, I don't care what it cost. I would have been down and determined to make it happen. Yeah. Even if everybody dropped out, I would have written a bunch of them and I would mm-hmm. have sold them. Yeah. Because they can't <laughs> stop you from doing that. I, mm-hmm. but she didn't do it. And, and the other students didn't do it. And I thought, where is the, sense of uh, rebellion in yeah, this country. Really Why are all these uh, high school kids were told to, no and they just did it? To stupid restrictions. Yeah, it made no sense to me. And I was I was saddened and I, I think my daughter probably would have uh, done it anyway and she would have been all for doing it anyway except 
she's kind of shy and she didn't want to go against the yeah. rest of the group. That's why she didn't do it. She had the 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 uh, urge to rebel. She just was too shy. Mm-hmm. But I I just it, it blows my mind that they didn't do it because I I would have stopped at nothing. Even if I had to print them out myself on a copier and staple them together, those stories would have gotten written and published. <laughs> yeah, I don't. And if somebody tells me I can't uh, wear a protest costume, I am wearing a protest costume. Oh well. All right, Will. Last story, um, and there's a story behind the story. This is uh, in. Uh, uh, wavy.com has the story of okay. a man who was rescued after some days trapped in the wall of an historic New York theater. Now, they kind of mention this it, almost like in passing, as though it's not a part of the story. I, um, Wait a minute, but, 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 okay, hold on. He was inside the wall. Yes, trapped inside the wall. Fire officials said the unidentified man is believed to have been imprisoned in the wall of the Landmark Theater for two to three days. Now, here's the thing. He was naked when they found him. Uh, Wait a minute. This this sounds an awful lot like another It was another story where somebody was trapped between, like, two buildings. Remember that? The buildings were real close. And And we were making up stories. Yeah, she was naked. Okay, how did that... Well, this one seems pretty obvious to me. I mean, I'm I'm guessing that that this is a active theater, not like you know, because I don't think people do urban archaeology in the nude. Um, I think this guy was like crawling through the vents to try to get up over and peek into the girls' restroom, um, <laughs> and he fell. Okay. It says yeah, they think but, he climbed I mean, into a crawl space and fell into a void in the wall of the men's bathroom. Okay, but or he was maybe climbing into um, like another part of the building where he's going to like steal stuff, maybe naked. Well, that's the thing. Even if he was climbing over to the girls' bathroom, why would he be naked? I mean. Well, that's true. That doesn't quite make doing sense. any kind of physical activity when you're naked, you naked is very difficult. Yeah, I mean that's that's it's weird. It makes you get scratched up and and hurt. Yeah, that's true. That's just weird. I anyway, I I, I don't know. Maybe the, if anybody has any ideas for for stories of why this guy ended up trapped in a wall naked, send them in. We'll yeah. uh, we'll air them. Yeah. Okay. Well, and that is all the nonsense I have. All right. In that case, we will talk about a saint. Okay. Uh, saint Afra, A F R A, Afra, Afra. What do you think? Saint Afra. Let me see here. A F is in Frank R A. A woman hmm? died during yeah. the Diet also known persecution. as Saint Afra the Penitent. Okay, Afra works. Okay, St. Afra died in 304 under the, like you said, Diocletian persecution. Uh, She entered into the world of prostitution at a pretty early age. Uh, She was introduced to it by her mother. Um, Her mother and her and three servants uh, 
they believe worked in the Temple of Venus. Mm-hmm. Uh, Saint Narcissus, uh, no, that would be Narcissus. Narcissus? N-A-R-C-I-C-C-U-S. N-A-R-C-I, Narcissus. Narcissus. Okay. Saint Narcissus, uh, then was, uh, he was Bishop of Girona, Spain. You know Spain. what? I, I, it might be Narcissus on, on, so you've got N-A-R-C-I-C-C-U-S. On Wikipedia, they've got it N-A-R-C-I-S-S-U-S. I wonder so if I it just spelled it wrong. I thought that I, uh, cut and pasted, but oh, maybe, okay. maybe I didn't. Maybe, Hold on, let me find it on Wikipedia yeah. now. If I Narc- Google what you said, it doesn't come up anywhere. Narcissus. It's yeah. Saint Narcissus, or Bishop, the Bishop Narcissus. Narcissus. Okay. Yeah, Bishop Narcissus, now Saint Narcissus, I believe. Okay. Um, was, uh, he, he took up lodging in, uh, one of the, the spots where they were. Uh, they didn't know, he didn't know who they were, but they were kind of drawn to his, holiness and his mm-hmm. i guess you know holy men attract women sometimes um and eventually all five of them converted this is uh saint afra her mother and three servants um they kind of you know the officials came looking for the bishop and afra buried him under some flax and helped him escape he got through it and, uh, she spent the rest of her life. She kind of, she looked in horror on her past sins and mm-hmm. she sought to make up for it, especially by serving the poor. But eventually she was discovered because she was trying to convert people and she was, and this is in Augsburg, um, Augsburg in, I don't even know where this is in Germany, I guess. Uh, okay. In Bavaria. Yeah. It's a city in Bavaria. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. Augsburg in Bavaria. So, uh, she's brought up before a judge named Gaius who told her to sacrifice to the gods because it's better to live in sin than to die in torment. And she replies to him, the sins that I have committed before I knew that true God are enough. So I can't do now what you're commanding. I never will do it. So it would be adding a new insult to my God. She's admitting that she had sinned before and those sins were enough to have lived. You know, um, Gaius tells her once again to go to the temple and sacrifice. And she says, my temple is Jesus Christ, who I keep before my eyes always and to whom I confess my sins every day. Since I'm unworthy to offer him any other sacrifice, I'm anxious to sacrifice myself in order that this body with which I have offended him will be purified by torments. This reflection makes me suffer willingly. Gaius points out that since she had offended the Christian God and has nothing to expect from him, she should sacrifice to the other gods. And she says, my Lord Jesus Christ has said that he descended from heaven to save sinners. We know that sinful women have washed his feet 
with her tears and obtain from him the forgiveness of all her offenses. And moreover, that he never rejected sinful creatures, nor even publicans, but on the contrary, condescended to talk to them and even eat with them. Gaius tempts her by saying she would enrich herself and gain the favor of nobles and riches. She said, I renounce that deplorable gain and look upon it with horror. That which I had, I have cast from me and given to the poor, employing them to accept it. How then can I consent to earn it again? Gaius points out that the Christian God himself saw her as unworthy. Uh, she, he said that she called out to him in vain because he would have nothing to do with a common prostitute like herself. She said, it's true, I am unworthy of this name, but my God, who doesn't choose people according to their merits, but according to his own goodness, has been pleased to accept me and make me a participator of his name. Then Gaius asked when God had done this favor for her, and she said, I know that God hasn't cast me out since he gave me the strength to confess his name, and I feel hope within me that I can yet can yet obtain the pardon of my sins. Gaius says that it is a foolish story and told her to sacrifice to his gods because they alone could save her at this point. She said, my salvation depends on Jesus Christ alone, who, while hanging on the cross, promised heaven even to a robber that had confessed his sins. He says, if you don't sacrifice, I'll have you stripped and whipped in public and you'll be shamed. She says, I am ashamed only of my sins. And he says, I am ashamed of having wasted all this time on you. I condemn you to be tortured and burned alive. And she said, let this, my body, which has been the instrument of so many sins, undergo every torment, but let my soul not be contaminated by sacrificing to demons. Um, and he said, we ordain that Aphra, a prostitute who has declared herself to be a Christian and has refused to sacrifice to the gods, be burned alive. So she was taken to an island and burned alive. Her three servants had kind of followed through the trial and then stood on the shore of the island as they watched her being burned and watched Mm. her expire in the flames. They went and told her mother and the four of them went to where she was burned. They took her remains and took them to the family burial spot. Gaius the judge heard about this, and he arrested anyone who had visited her tomb and threw them, which is, I think, four women and a couple of priests, into a building and burnt that down. So all five women now have died as martyrs. Wow. And that is her story. She is the patron of martyrs, converts, and penitent women. Penitent women. I wow. She's quite point the, that uh, out to she was so unwilling to be a part of idolatry, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean he tempted her in every way possible and she just wouldn't do it. We have a pope quite bringing idols <laughs> into our Vatican. I mean, just think, in order for her to have that level of understanding that, that she showed, um, 
yeah. how how detailed Bishop Narcissus' teaching had to have been. Right. And thorough. It's yeah, because she kept answering him. Mm-hmm. And she had all the right answers. Uh and you know, she must have aside from having learned this stuff, uh often contemplated it. Yeah. And uh I don't know. I I just I keep coming up with these uh you know, these martyrs from the first few centuries and it's like a never-ending supply of stories, you know? And some of them have similarities, but they've all got these little things, you know? Mm-hmm. And whereas this woman was a prostitute who uh, worked at the at the Temple of Venus and ended up becoming a Christian martyr. Yeah. and Inspiring and stuff. Not just her, but her mother and then their servants. Right. Uh, all martyred right. too? And is it... Wow. As a matter of fact, her her servants were willing to die um, when they had been put into the thing. I think they may have been given a chance to get out, but they said we had uh, participated in her sin, and now we participate in her martyrdom. Oh, okay. So they they all understood that they were being martyred. Mm-hmm. Feast, August 7th, sometimes listed as August 5th. I wonder if that's in the Catholic calendar. Probably not the modern Catholic calendar, but I wonder if it's the traditional calendar. I think it... I know she's venerated in the Catholic Church. Um, Mm -hmm. Major Shrine at Ain St. South Old City of Augsburg, uh, Bavaria. But I don't know if that's a a former uh, abbey, St. Ephraim's Abbey. In Augsburg, in Germany. I think that's a Roman Catholic church. Let's see here. They're calling it an imperial abbey. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I think so. What's an imperial uh, abbey, though? I don't know, other than maybe it was an abbey founded by a, a king or something. Yeah. Okay, so she doesn't appear, at least as... as in 1960, she's not on either August 5th or August 7th. Was, were those the dates? Yeah. Um, in the divine office, as the um, okay. saint in the divine office. So, uh, but she is venerated in the Catholic Church, and um, yeah. another example for us all. Yeah, Saint uh, Aphra, pray for us. Saint Aphra, pray for us. All right, that's all we've got. I think. All right. Well, and uh, folks, think about what we said, and we will see you next week. And yep. as always, circle the beads. Bye, everyone. Bye.